Chapter 3. The serpent was clever, (laughs) more clever than any wild animal God had made. He spoke to the woman, Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? Woman said to the serpent, Not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, Don't eat from it. Don't even touch it or you'll die. The serpent told the woman, You won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from the tree, you'll see what's really going on. It would be like God, knowing everything, ranging all the way from good to evil. When the woman saw that the tree looked like good eating and realized what she could get out of it, she'd know everything. She took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her husband and he ate. Immediately, the two of them did see what's really going on, saw themselves naked they sewed fig leaves together as makeshift clothes for themselves. They, when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden. They hid from God. God called to the man, where are you? He said, I heard you in the gardens and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. God said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree I told you not to eat from? The man said, the woman gave me as a, as a you, the woman you gave me as a companion. She gave me the gave me fruit from the tree, and I and yes, I ate it. God said to the woman, "What is this that you've done?" The serpent seduced me, she said, and I ate. God told the serpent, "Because you've done this, you're cursed, cursed beyond all cattle and wild animals, cursed to slink on your belly and eat dirt all your life. I'm declaring war between you and the woman, declaring your offspring." And, and her, between your offspring and hers. He'll wound your head, you'll wound his heel. He told the woman, I'll multiply your pains in childbirth. You'll give birth to your babies in pain. You'll want to please your husband, but he'll lord it over you. He told the man, because you listen, listened to your wife and ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from, don't eat from this tree. The very ground is cursed because of you. Getting food from the ground will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. You'll be working in pain all your life long. The ground will sprout thorns and weeds. You'll get your food the hard way, planting and tilling and harvesting, sweating in the fields from dawn to dusk. Until you return to that ground yourself dead and buried, you started out as dirt and you'll end up dirt. The man, known as Adam, named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. God made leather clothing for Adam and his wife and dressed them. God said, The man has become like one of us, capable of knowing everything, ranging from good to evil. What if he now should reach out and take uh, fruit from the tree of life and eat and live forever? Never. This cannot happen. So God expelled them from the Garden of Eden and sent them to work the ground, the same dirt out of which they had been made. He threw them out of the garden and stationed angel cherubim and a revolving sword of fire east of it, guarding the path to the tree of life. Chapter 4. Adam slept with Eve, his wife. She conceived and had Cain. She said, I've gotten a man with God's help. Then she had another baby, Abel. Abel was a herdsman and Cain a farmer. Time passed. Cain brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Abel also brought an offering, but from the firstborn animals of his herd, choice cuts of meat. God liked Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering didn't get his approval. 
Cain lost his temper and went into a sulk. God spoke to Cain, why this tantrum? Why the sulking? If you do well, you won't, won't you be accepted? If you don't do well, sin is lying in wait for you, ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. Cain had words with his brother. They were out in the field. Cain came at Abel, came at Abel his brother, and killed him. God said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, how should I know? Am I his babysitter? And God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is calling to me from the ground. From now on, you'll get nothing but curses from this ground. You'll be driven from this ground that has opened its arms to receive uh, the blood of your murdered brother. You'll farm this ground, but it will no longer give you its best. You'll be a homeless wanderer on earth. Cain said to God, my, my punishment is too much. I can't take it. You've thrown me off the land and I can never face again face you. I'm a homeless wanderer on earth and whoever finds me will kill me. And God told him, no, anyone who kills Cain will pay for it seven times over. God put a mark on Cain to protect him so that no one who met him would kill him. Cain left the presence of God and lived in no man's land east of Eden. Cain slept with his wife. She conceived and had Enoch. He then built a city and named it after his son Enoch. Enoch had Erad. Erad had Mahujael. Mahujael had Methushael. Methushael had Lamech. Lamech married two wives, Ada and Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal, the ancestors of all who live in tents and herd cattle. <coughs> and herd cattle. <coughs> his brother's name was Jubal the ancestor of all who play the lyre and the flute. Zillah gave birth to Tubal Cain, who worked in the forge, at the forge, making bronze and iron tools. tools. Tubal, Tubal Cain's sister was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me. You wives of Lamech, hear me out. I killed a man for wounding me, a young man who attacked me. If Cain is avenged seven times, for Lamech it's seventy-seven. Adam slept with his wife again. She had a son who she named Seth. She said, God has given me another ch child in place of Abel, who Cain, who Cain killed. Ayo. And then Seth had a son who he named Enosh. That's when men and women began praying and worshiping in the, in the name of God. Huh. Whoa, that's really cool. That's when men and women began praying and worshiping in the name of God. Whoa, okay. Chapter 5, The Family Tree of the Human Race This is the family tree of the human race. When God created the human race, he made it godlike, with a nature akin to God. He created both male and female and blessed them, the whole human race. When Adam was 130 years old, he had a son who was just like him, his very spirit and image, and named him Seth. After the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years, having more sons and daughters. Adam lived a total of 930 years, and, and, and he died. When Seth was 105 years old, he had Enosh. After Seth had Enosh, he lived another 807 years, having uh, more sons and daughters. Seth lived a total of 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh was 90 years old, he had Kenan. And after he had Kenan, he lived another 815 years, having more sons and daughters. Enosh lived a total of 905 years, and he died. When Kenan was 70 years old, he had Maha 
Lalel. After he had Mahat Lalel, he lived another 840 years, having more sons and daughters. Kenan lived a total of 910 years, and he died. When Mahalalel was 65 years old, he had Jared. After he had Jared, he lived another 830 years, having more sons and daughters. Mahalalel lived a total of 895 years, and he died. When Jared was 162 years old, he had Enoch. After he had Enoch, he lived another 800 years, having more sons and daughters. Jared lived a total of 962 years, and he died. When Enoch was uh, 65 years old, he had Methuselah. Enoch walked steadily with God. After he had Methuselah, he lived another 300 years, having more sons and daughters. Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked steadily with God, and then one day he was simply gone. God took him. When Methuselah was 187 years old, he had Lamech. After he had Lamech, he lived another 782 years. Methuselah lived a total of 969 years, and he died. When Lamech was 182 years old, he had a son. He named him Noah, saying, This one will give us a break from the hard work of farming the ground that God cursed. After Lamech had Noah, he lived another 595 years, having more sons and daughters. Lamech lived a total of 777 years, and he died. When Noah was 500 years old, he had Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Chapter 6, Giants in the Land When the human race began to increase, with more and more daughters being born, the sons of God noticed that the daughters of men were beautiful. They looked them over, picking, picked out wives, and picked out wives for themselves. Then God said, I'm not going to breathe life into men and women endlessly. Eventually, you're, gonna, you're going to die. From now on, they can expect a lifespan of 120 years. This was back in the days, and also later, when there were giants in the land. The giants came from the union of the sons of God and the daughters of men. These were the mighty men of ancient lore, the famous ones. Noah and his sons, chapter 5 onwards. God saw that human evil was out of control. People thought evil, imagined evil, 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 morning to night. God was sorry that he had made the human race in the first place. It broke his heart. God said, I'll get rid of my ruined creation. Make a clean sweep. People, animals, snakes, and bugs, birds, the works. I'm sorry I had made them. But Noah was different. God liked what he saw in Noah. This is the story of Noah. Noah was a good man, a man of, his, of integrity in his community. Noah walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. As far as God was concerned, the earth had become a sewer. There was violence everywhere. God took one look and saw how bad it was. Everyone corrupt and corrupting. Life itself corrupt to the core. God said to Noah, it's all over. It's the end of the human race. The violence is everywhere. I'm making a clean sweep. Build yourself a ship from teakwood. Make rooms in it. Coat it with pitch inside and out. Make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Build a roof for it and put in a window 18 inches from the top. Put in a door on the side of the ship and make three decks, lower, middle, and upper. I'm going to bring a flood on the earth that will destroy everything alive under heaven. Total destruction. 
but I'm going to establish a covenant with you. You'll board the ship and your sons, your wife and your sons' wives will come on board with you. You are also to take two of each living creature, male and female, on board the ship. Preserve their lives with you. Two of every species of bird, mammal, and reptile. Two of everything so as to prepare their lives along with yours. Also, get all the food you'll need and store it up for you and them. Noah did everything God commanded him to do. Next, God said to Noah, Now board the ship, you and all your family. Out of everyone in this generation, you're the righteous one. Take on board with you seven pairs of every clean animal, a male and a female. Every, uh, one pair of every unclean animal, a male and a female. And seven pairs of every kind of bird, wow, a male and a female, to ensure their survival on earth. In just seven days, I will dump rain on earth for 40 days and 40 nights. I'll make a clean sweep of everything that I've made. Noah did everything that God commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters covered the earth. Noah and his uh, wife and sons and their wives boarded the ship to escape the flood. Clean and unclean animals, birds, and all the crawling creatures came in pairs to Noah and to the ship, male and female, just as God had commanded Noah. In seven days, the flood wa- the floodwaters came, and it was the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month, on the 17th day of the month that it happened. All the underground springs erupted, and all the windows of heaven were thrown open. Wow, so beautiful. Rain poured for 40 days and 40 nights. That's the day Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, accompanied by his wife and his son's wives, boarded the ship. With them, every kind of wild and domestic animal, right down to all the kinds of creatures that crawl, and all kinds of birds, and anything that flies. They came to Noah and to ships in pairs. Everything and anything that had the breath of life in it, male and female, of every creature, came just as God had commanded Noah. And God shut the door behind him. The flood continued 40 days, and the waters rose and lifted the ship high over the earth. The waters kept rising, the flood deepened on the earth, and the ship floated on the surface. The flood got worse until all the highest mountains were covered. The high water mark reached 20 feet above the crest of the mountains. Everything died. Anything that moved, dead. Birds, farm animals, wild animals, the entire teeming exuberance of life, dead. And all people, dead. Every living, breathing creature that lived on dry land died. He wiped out the whole works. People and animals, crawling creatures and flying birds. Every last one of them, gone. Only Noah and his company on the ship lived. The floodwaters took over for 150 days. Dang. (laughs) Okay, so chapter 8. Then God turned his attention to Noah and all the wild animals and farm animals with him on the ship. God caused the wind to blow and the floodwaters began to go down. The underground springs were, uh, were shut off. The windows of heaven closed and the rain quit. Inch by inch, the water lowered. In 150 days, after 150 days, the worst was over. On the 17th day of the 17th month, of the seventh, oh, sorry, the 17th day of the seventh month, the ship landed on the Ararat mountain range. 
the water kept going down until the 10th month. On the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains came into view. After 40 days, Noah opened the windows that he had built into the ship. He sent out a raven. It flew back and forth, waiting for the flood waters to dry up. Then he dove to check on the flood conditions, but he, but it couldn't even, but it couldn't even find a place to perch. Water still covered the earth. Noah reached out and caught it, brought it back into the ship. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again. It came back in the evening with freshly picked olive leaf in its beak. Noah knew that the flood was about finished. He waited another seven days and sent the dove out a third time. This time it didn't come back. In the 600, 601st year of Noah's life, on the first day of the first month, the flood had dried up. Noah opened the hatch of the ship and saw dry ground. By the 27th day of the, of the second month, the earth was completely dry. God spoke to Noah, Leave the ship, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives. Take all the animals with you, the whole menagerie of birds and mammals and crawling creatures that all brimming that all that brimming all that brimming prodigality of life so they can reproduce and flourish on the earth Noah disembarked and his sons and wife and his sons wives then all the animals crawling creatures birds every creature on the face of the earth left the ship family by family Noah built an altar to God he selected clean animals and birds from every species and offered them as burning burnt offerings on the altar. God smelt the sweet fragrance and thought to himself, I'll never again curse the ground because of people. I know they have this bent towards evil from an early age, but I'll never again kill off everything living as I've just done. For as long as earth lasts, planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never stop. God bless Noah and his sons. Let me take a little break here. This is the uh, the Noahic covenant made between God and a family here on earth. That's really cool. Noah came from Adam. Okay, chapter 9. God bless Noah and his sons. He said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. Every living creature, birds, animals, fish, will fall under your spell and be afraid of you. You're responsible for them. All living creatures are yours for food. Just as I give you the plants, now I give you everything else. Except for meat with its lifeblood still in it, don't eat that. But your own lifeblood I will avenge. I'll avenge it against both animals and other humans. Whoever sheds human blood, by humans let his blood be shed. Because God has made humans in his image, reflecting God's very nature. You're here to bear fruit, reproduce, lavish life on earth, live bountifully. Then God spoke to Noah and his sons. I'm setting up my covenant with you, including your children who will come after you, along with everything alive around you. Birds, farm animals, wild animals that came out of the ship with you. I'm setting up my covenant with you that, will, that never again will everything living be destroyed by floodwaters. No, never again will a flood destroy the earth. God continued. This is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and everything living around you. 
everyone living after you. I'm putting my rainbow in the clouds, a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And from now on, when I form a cloud over the earth and the rainbow appears in the cloud, I remember my covenant between me and you and everything living, that never again will flood waters destroy all life. When the rainbow appears in the cloud, I'll see it and remember the eternal covenant between God and everything living, every last living creature on earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I've set up between me and everything living on the earth. The sons of Noah who came out of this ship were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These are the three sons of Noah. From these three, the whole earth was populated. Noah, a farmer, was the first to plant a vineyard. He drank from its wine, got drunk and passed out naked in his tent. Whoa. Ham, and the father of Canaan, saw that his father's naked and told his, told his two brothers who were outside the tent, Shem and Japheth, took a cloak, held it between them from their shoulders, walked backwards and covered their father's nakedness. Keeping their faces turned away so they did not see their father's exposed body. When Noah woke up from, this, from his hangover, he learned what his youngest son had done. He said, Cursed be Canaan, a slave of slaves, a slave to his brother. Blessed be God, the God of Shem, but Canaan shall be his slave. God prostrated Japheth by living spaciously in the tents of Shem, but Canaan shall be his slave. Huh, what did Canaan do? Huh. Noah lived another 350 years flooding, uh, following the flood. He lived a total of 950 years, and he died. The family tree of Noah's sons, chapter 10. This is the family tree of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. After the flood, they themselves had sons. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, uh, Meshech, Tiraz. The son of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Jephath, Togormah. The son of sons of Javan were Elisha, Tarshish, Kitim, and Rodanim. The seafaring peoples, peoples developed from these each in its own place by family, each with its own language. The sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Put, Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havila, Sabta, Raama, Sabteka. The sons of Raama, Seba, Sheba, Dedan. Cush also had Nimrod. <laughs> what a name. That's not in the Bible. Okay, he was the first great warrior on earth. He was a great hunter before God. Whoa, this is cool. There was a saying, like Nimrod, a, what a name, a great hunter before God. His kingdom got it started with Babel, then Erech, Akkad, Kalneh in the country of Shinar. From there he went up to Ashur and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ir, Kala, and Rezin between Nineveh and the great city of Kala. Egypt was ancestor to the Ludim and the Anamim, the Lehabim, the Naf, Naftuhim, the Pathrusim, the Kalkasluhim, the origin of the Philistines. Whoa. And the Kaftorim. I love this. This is so cool. Canaan had Sidon, his firstborn, Heth, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Gergashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, um, the Arvidites, the Zemorites, and the Hamathites. Later, the Canaanites spread out, going from Sidon towards Gerar, and as far as and as far as far south as Gaza, 
and then east all the way over to Sodom, Gomorrah, Adama, Zeboim, and onto Lasha. These are the descendants of Ham by family, language, country, and nation. Whoa. Shem, the older brother of Japheth, also had a son. Shem was ancestor to all the children of Eber. The sons of Shem, Elam, Ashur, Arphasad, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, Meshech. Arphazad had Shelah, and Shelah had Eber. Eber had two sons. Peleg, so named because in his days the human race is divided. And Joktan. Joktan had Almudad, Shelef, Hazar Mavete, Maveth, Jera, Hedoram, Uzal, Dikal, Obal, Ibamail, Sheba, Ophir, Havila, and Joab, all sons of Joktan. Their land goes from Mesha towards Sephar, as far as the mountain ranges in the east. These are the descendants of Shem by family, language, country, and nation. This is the family tree of the sons of Noah as they developed into nations. From them, nations develop all across the earth after the flood. Whoa. God turned their language into Babel, chapter 11. At one time, the whole earth spoke the same language. It so happened that as they moved out of the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled down. They said to one another, Come, let's make bricks and fire them well. They used bricks for stone and tar for mortar. When they said, Then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower that reaches heaven. Let's make ourselves famous so we won't be scattered here and there across the earth. God came down to look over the city and the tower those people had built. God took one look and said, One people, one language. Why, this is only a first step. No telling what they'll come up with next. They'll stop at nothing. Come, we'll go down and garble their speech so they won't understand each other. Then God scattered them from there all over the world. And they had to quit building the city. That's how it came to be called Babel. Because there, God turned their language into Babel. From there, God scattered them all around the world. This is the story of Shem. When Shem was 100 years old, he had Arphazad. It was two years after the flood. After he had Arphazad, he lived 500 more years uh, and had other sons and daughters. When Arphazad was 35 years old, he had Shelah. After Arphazad had Shelah, he lived 403 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah was 33, 30 years old, he had Eber. And Shelah had Eber. Uh, he lived 403 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber was 34 years old, he had Peleg. After Eber had Peleg, he lived 430 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg was 30 years old, he had Ryu. After he had Ryu, he lived 209 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Ryu was 32 years old, he had Serug. After Ryu had Serug, he lived 207 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Serug was 30 years old, he had Nahor. Uh, after Serug had Nahor, he lived 200 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor was 29 years old, he had Terah. After Nahor had Terah, he lived 119 more years and had other sons and daughters. 
When Terah was 70 years old, he had Abram, Nahor, and Haran, the family tree of Terah. This is the story of Terah. Terah had Abram, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran had Lot. Haran died before his father Terah in the country of his family, Ur of the Chaldees. Abraham and Nahor each got married. Abraham, Abraham's wife was Sarai. Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of his brother Haran. Haran had two daughters, Milcah and Ishka. Uh, Iska. Sarai was barren. She had no children. Terah took his son, Abraham, his grandson, Lot, Haran's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abraham's wife, and set out with them from Ur of the Chaldees from the land of Canaan. But when they got as far as Haran, they settled down there. Terah lived 205 years. He died in Haran. <coughs> wow. So for Genesis, we're going to break it up into um, how the Bible project does it, where um, it's chapters 1 to 11 and um, then 12 to 50. Wow, that was really cool.